Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. I'm excited to continue in this series. We are now on episode three, and we're going to be talking about knowing your rights. Now, if you have not watched episode one, uh, we talked a lot about what is a generational curse, uh, how does that connect with iniquity, talked about God of the generations. Then we talked about our personality potential. And so we really what I wanted to do is I wanted to um, expose our need for really pressing into this idea of unpacking generational baggage and being set free from curses. Now, so many ways you can get in touch with me, so many ways you can expand this teaching um, go to my website. I have an online course called Unpacking Your Generational Baggage. It's going to take the, these quick, short nuggets and it's going to expand it. There's activities for you to engage in to really help you kind of dive into uh, more of this idea of generational baggage and how to be set free from some personality tendencies, some predispositions in your life, but also change the entire trajectory of your entire generation's lives as well. All right, so let's jump in today to the right that you have as a child of God. And we've talked a lot about God being a God of generations and how it was in his design to create an increase in his kingdom and that he has set us up to succeed. He has empowered us to prosper, which is actually what the word blessed means. To be blessed means I'm empowered to prosper. Um, And so we're really going to be talking about um, putting a demand on the covenants that God has made. Uh, Recall the covenants that we talked about, the Eden covenant, the Noah covenant, the Abraham covenant, and then the covenant that we had with Jesus um, and, and the right that we have to put a demand on those covenants, which is I am called, I am designed, I am empowered. I have been given the right to walk in the blessings of the kingdom. Now in John 1 verse 12 and 13, it says, but as many as received him. So that's you and I, if you are in Christ, if you have received Jesus as your personal savior, he is talking to you and I. As many as received him, as many as there are who have received him. To them, to you and I, he gave the right, okay? He gave the right to become children of God. Okay, listen, hear, hear me now. A lot of times we are defined by our natural inheritance. We talk about the tendencies or the personality traits that have come from being a child of my mom and dad, being a grandchild of my grandparents. I asked you to spend some time really taking a look at some of the patterns that you have noticed throughout your generational history. Patterns of depression, mental illness, patterns of divorce, patterns of um, failure, lack of success, pattern of poverty. Um, Really trying to identify some of those patterns. We're still living as a child of our natural inheritance. But this is saying that he has given you and I the right to become a child of God. So so he's not talking about salvation because remember he's saying to those who have already received him, he gives you the right to walk in the inheritance of God. 
to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. So again, he's talking to what is the next step as somebody who has come into salvation. He's saying there is a right that you have now to enforce the inheritance, the, to, to come into the children of God. What is the perk of being a child of God? What is the inheritance of being a child of God? The word right here in the Greek is actually the word exousia, which means authority. Um, so, for example, when he says uh, that he had given them power, uh, that word is dunamis. And there are other times when he says he's given you power to do something, he uses the, the Greek word exousia, which means he's given you the authority to do something. So there's a difference between having the power and then having the authority. For example, the enemy has power in your life, but he has no authority. God has given you the authority. And so he has no authority except for the authority that you give to him. Um, so he can move in power in your life, but he has no authority to practice that power. And he has no authority to navigate your life except when you submit yourself to whatever it is he's uh, proposing in your heart, proposing in your mind. That's how uh, sin starts. It starts with a deception. Um, and he proposes something in your heart and your mind. And when you make an agreement or begin to act upon that, you have now given him the authority to begin to move and operate in power in your life. But God has not just given you power. He has given you authority. Remember, we've talked in episode one and episode two. I keep going back to those original covenants where he says that he wants you to walk uh, in dominion and to subdue the earth, that you are called to be the head and not the tail, above only and never believe. Remember, he says that all the earth, will, uh, that the dread of you shall fall upon the earth. That's what he said in the Noah covenant. All the dread of you shall fall upon all of the earth, on every beast. Basically saying that you are going to be the one who influences, has dominion, has authority. But if we're honest with ourselves, we don't always feel that way, operate that way, and we certainly don't live that way. Those are places and spaces that we want to press into because I want to be able to walk into a circumstance and not just have this knowledge that I am the head and not the tail, but I want to operate in that confidence and in that authority. Okay, so we must learn to practice our authority and not feel victimized by our tendencies. So in, in this entire series, I've been talking about how a lot of times uh, we feel stuck in a tendency. Well, it's just my tendency to eat when I'm nervous nervous or it's my tendency to eat when I'm bored y'all I throw out some really practical really applicable it's my tendency to um to become anxious uh when I go to the doctor's office it's my tendency to not trust men um instead of believing love believes the best okay um uh, it's my tendency to not trust people instead of love believes the best. It's my tendency to consider that everybody is against me instead of for me. Um, it's my tendency to feel guilt and shame instead of freedom um, and liberty. Um, and so we, a lot of times we begin to feel victimized by these tendencies because it's all we've ever known. And I'm trying to shake that up. I'm trying to cause a paradigm shift in your life where you get to say, wait a minute, 
You mean I get to change? You mean I don't have to have these tendencies? You mean I get to take authority over these things? Yes, and again, I say yes. This is the authority that God has given to you. Remember in Mark chapter 16, it says, these are the signs to those who will believe. They will take up serpents with their hands. They will speak in new tongues. They can be bit by something poisonous, but it will not harm them. It will not sting them. These are all that he's talking about that you can live in a world that is filled with serpents, with, is filled with demonic activity. You can live in a, in a body that's filled with even just nasty emotions and nasty thoughts, but they don't have to control you. You get to control them. You get to speak in a new language. You get to have a new way of looking and speaking over your own life. Some of us have a tendency towards self-abasement where we were raised in a home where we, it wasn't, you know, it was considered boastful to say, yeah, I feel, I feel pretty. I feel, uh, I'm, I'm encouraged by my gifts. I'm encouraged by the accomplishment. Some of us were raised in a religious environment where we were taught that that was arrogant. And therefore then we haven't learned to really honor our own gifts and recognize that God has caused us to do good things, to have great accomplishments, to, to walk in an anointing, to have great gifts. And that it's considered arrogant to actually acknowledge those. And so now you have a tendency towards self-abasing. You never recognize the power that you have in a moment. You never recognize the beauty of your accomplishments. Just giving you lots of examples here of things that we struggle with that are tendencies that we have. But the authority that God has given is saying that I don't have to be victimized by those tendencies. So anything, again, if, if we are, have a, are bent in a certain direction that is not in the direction of the character of Christ, we get to put a demand on what is true. I, I want to take a look at Exodus chapter 34, verse 6 through 9, where God or Moses puts a demand on the character of God. And the reason why I'm saying this is, you have the inheritance. You have the right to become a children, so child of God. That means I've been given the right, the ability to take authority, to put a demand on the inheritance of God in my own life, meaning the character of God. So he says in this, and the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long, long suffering, abounding in goodness and truth. That is the glory of God, the character of God keeping mercy for, thousands, mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin. Remember, we talked about the difference between iniquity, transgression, and sin. God, you forgive all of those. By no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. So he's talking about how these things continue to pass in through the bloodline. But listen, it says, But Moses made haste, and he bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. Then he said, If now I have found grace in your sights, O Lord, let my, let, let my Lord, I pray, go among us. And even though, even though we are a stiff-necked people, will you pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us as your inheritance? So what he's doing is he's saying, look, not because of what we deserve, not because of how we behave, but because of your character, I'm going to demand your character to flow into our generation. I'm going to put a demand on what you've promised us. Okay. 
This is the authority. Look at the authority that Moses operated in. And I want you to recognize that God has given you the right to put a demand on the inheritance of the kingdom in your life. If you don't know what that inheritance is, go back to episode two where we talked about the character of all, all the character of Christ, the purposes of, of Christ, the blessings of Christ, all of those things are what God has given to you through the blood of Jesus when he restored you back into the original Eden covenant. But now you have to recognize the authority that you have to put a demand on those things in your life. You either agree with the blessing or you agree with the curse. Now I need you to be careful of the things that you speak because when you say, well, that's just the way that I am, it's just the way. And we kind of use this self, this, this concept of self-acceptance and it becomes an excuse to continue to declare and decree curses over our lives. The Bible says that you choose blessing or curse. It doesn't get to choose you. I'm going to say that again. Remember, it says you choose, meaning you get to select in a moment, will I choose blessing or will I choose curse? Now, let's keep this relevant. When I'm looking at myself, when I'm thinking about myself, will I choose the blessing of I am accepted, I am whole, I am perfect, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, I am loved, I am free, or will I choose the, cur the curse of I am a failure, I am frustrated, I am depressed, I am a loser, I am worthless. Come on, I need you to be honest. Think about what goes on through your mind at the time where you're like, oh, I'm so stupid. You just chose a curse. And whatever you choose, that is what is going to begin to become empowered in your life. So really, I do a lot of demonstrations of mirror talks and self-reconciliations. And the reason is because I want you to become more practiced and skilled in how you speak to yourself. That you're choosing, you are selecting words that speak blessings over your life. In Deuteronomy 30, it says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death. God is saying, look, I, I've set all this before you, but I'm giving you the authority to put a demand on which one rushes into your life, blessing or curses. Therefore, choose life that you and your descendant may live. What, what is he saying here? Not only are you putting a demand on the life that is due you, but you're putting, you're, you're putting a demand on the life that is due your children, your grandchildren, your great children. He's saying, not only will you experience more life, but you're shifting the trajectory of your descendant's life as well. Come on, this is powerful. This is the authority that God has given to us to really begin to change the entire navigation system of your generation. Meaning the lineage behind you does not have to define you and it definitely doesn't have to define what comes after you. You get to choose in this moment, what will I pick? Will I take the courage to actually begin to put a demand on the inheritance of the kingdom in my life? 
the right to become a child of God. You who have received, you who are already a child of, uh, already um, saved, will you practice the right to put a demand on the inheritance of the kingdom? Remember, this was the original blessing that you would walk in this dominion. That means to rule, to prevail, to dominate, to tread down and scrape out. There are some of us that need to practice the authority to just say, I am going to scrape this out of my life. I am going to tread down this addiction in my life. I'm going to remove negative verbiage from my life. Why? Because I have been given a new tongue. I speak in a new language. I have been given the authority to take depression up off of my life and shake it back into the pit of hell. Okay, now I know this all sounds super easy and you're like, okay, great. How am I going to do that? How am I going to do that? I'm going to get to that. Hit that notification bell so that you don't miss out on how do we get to that point. But right now, you need to recognize your authority to begin to move. Because remember, all of this starts here and here. So I need you to recognize the authority that you have. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, so he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ and he raised up to us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He made us sit in the heavenly places. Now I want you to get a visual. Now I'm not going to go into a huge teaching of, of the three heavens, but we, you and I are dwelling here on the first heavens. It is the life we are experiencing here on earth. And then there is a spiritual realm, uh, which is the second heavens. But this is saying that in Christ, we have been raised up into the position of the third heavens. So the third heavens looks down, is in a position of dominion, is in a position of authority, is in a dominant position uh, over the spirit realm and certainly over the first realm, which is what we're experiencing. It's our reality, okay? So again, in Christ, we have been shifted from having and being forced to look at things from this perspective to being able to be seated up here and look down and be like, oh, God has given me the right to put a demand on that or to speak into that. He's given me the right to speak to spiritual beings and they will be moved by the word that God gives me to speak. That's why it's so important that we learn how to speak the word, declare the word, use the word as the authority because you shake and shift things in the spirit realm, which ultimately then shakes and shifts things in your circumstances. But often, instead of living our life from the third heavens down towards the first heavens, we're sitting here like victims begging for God to do for us what he's given us the authority to do for ourselves. I need you to get this. So you can take authority, not just in your own life, but you can take authority in the lives of your children, the lives of your grandchildren who aren't even born yet, the lives of your great-grandchildren. Remember, Joshua 24, 15 says, Choose, select for yourselves, 
But as for me in my house, and then we talked about how in the Hebrew, that phrase there denotes the idea of generations, we will serve the door, the Lord. He was actually saying, this is not only going to be the case for me today in my house, I'm declaring it's going to be the case in the generations that are to come. The blessings of the fathers. Remember the blessings of the fathers in the Old Testament and how important it was that they either spoke a blessing or they spoke a curse over the generations to come. Um, so, so many passages in, in the Old Testament where the, the father laid hands and he spoke either blessing or he spoke curses over their children. Remember, Jacob spoke over all 12 of his sons. Um, in James chapter 3, it says, Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be so. Does spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig, tr fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear fig figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. So he's talking about the things that we choose to declare, the way that we're speaking in ourselves. Remember, Mark chapter 16 says, they will speak in a new tongue. Okay, y'all know, you watch my stuff, I 100% believe in the gift of tongues, and I speak in tongues. But this is talking about more than that. This is talking about an entire new way, a new language of a way we speak blessings over our own lives. We speak blessing over ourselves when we're looking in the mirror. We speak blessing over our spouse. Some of you are speaking curses over your spouses in the way that you're talking to them and about them. Some of you are speaking curses over your children and saying, Johnny, you're such a slob. Stop. You've got to learn how to speak their personality potential in Christ. Johnny, I see that you struggle to keep your room clean, but I feel as though God is a God of order and he has put that tendency inside of you. And so I'm going to come alongside you and we're going to just start speaking order into this room and order into your life. That is completely different than me. Like, Johnny, why are you such a slob? You need to fix your life. Well, folks, we all need to fix our lives, but we need to start with the way that we speak into our life, the way that we speak into the lives of those around us. We need to recognize the authority that we have been given to put a right on the inheritance of the kingdom. And we need to recognize that it starts with the way that we speak and beginning to declare and choose blessings in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Okay, so I want you to really engage in this um, by taking a look at some of the words that you speak over yourself on a regular basis. Um, and I want you to ask yourself, and maybe they're neutral, but neutral is not a blessing. I really want you to take the courage to really begin to be bold and confident in the words that you declare over your life. Then I want you to also do this to, uh, in the lives of those around you. Maybe it's your parents, maybe it's your significant other, maybe it's your children. Um, and I want you to be intentional over the next couple of days to really not just use neutral words, okay? I want you to actually be intentional to speak blessings over their lives, speak their God design over there. Speak their potential over them. Stop responding to them according to their iniquities, their sins, their transgressions, their behaviors, their attitudes, and start responding to them according to their natural or to their kingdom design. Start responding to them, speaking to them according to the Eden covenant, that perf the perfection of Christ in their life, um, and start encouraging them, inviting them to step up into another level. You have the power to start that 
not just in your own life, but in the lives of those around you. Okay, in the next episode, we're going to be talking about why do curses remain? Like, why do we struggle with them? What empowers curses in our life? Um, I've already talked a little bit about starting to make those shifts by changing the verbiage that you have. Um, head over to some of my uh, self-reconciliation, how, those prayer declarations, um, the prayer demonstrations. Those are going to give you some really practical ideas based on demonstration on how to really begin shifting the verbiage that you use with yourself and verbiage on those around you. Okay, you guys, thanks for joining me. Uh, I look forward to episode four. But from now until then, remember enforcing purpose. It starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.